Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. You're listening to The Extra Point Show on WGR Sports Radio 550. Good Thursday morning, everyone. Zach Jones, Josh Schmidt filling in here on the Extra Point Show. Josh, it's uh, it's been quite a morning. I've been waiting for the Bill Belichick news about? for nothing like going six on. weeks. Nothing man. happened this morning. What are you talking? about? I've been waiting for the Bill Belichick news <laughs> for six weeks. I had Peak Errol and Nick Saban happen first. We had rumors of him getting fired in Germany. That I was, needed this. That was what weeks. Seven? It was in the middle of the season. Yeah. It was it was enough to where, like, all right, the Patriots are bad. But if you right. are just tuning in, there will be a press conference in about two hours at noon with Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick. And, yes, he is leaving the Patriots after 20-plus years on the job. So many Super Bowls, so many wins, many of them not happening after Tom Brady. And, Josh, for me, and, and why I do want to start here is just it does feel like that's the culmination of what has felt like a real changing of the guard. I don't want to say just in NFL coaching circles, but just in coaching circles in general. Right. Pete yeah. Carroll yesterday was fired, and he had a very emotional press conference See, that Pete, Seattle was tweeting all about it yesterday. With Pete Carroll, it wasn't really a firing. It was more so of a, like, hey. It's t- it's time for both of us to move on. Yeah, whereas with Bill Belichick, it was kind of the same thing, but it feels more like a firing. It, you know, it you know does what I mean? because like, they're both the team the got same. bad. Like, the team got yeah. really bad. Right, whereas the Seahawks were, like, middling. Middling, definitely not what you want them to be. I think they did underachieve at least a little bit this year. And now, you know, they're going to move into a direction. I I personally, I don't think their job is all that attractive compared to some of the others that are available. Obviously, mm-hmm. like the Chargers. Uh, I think even Atlanta is kind of like a fun one that could be very interesting. So, like, where they're at is is kind of fascinating. Then, of course, you have the Nick Saban news, which as someone who's a big college football fan uh, and is, is a fan of a team that is going to the SEC next year, mm-hmm. I... I I nearly jumped out of my chair. I, I was so excited. I saw a post from like on Instagram of like the odds of like who's going to be the next coach or whatever. I don't even know like who posted it, and it listed like all these former like Alabama assistants oh, yeah. or oh, co- or, yeah. or whatever. And and Texas's coach was on there, and I'm like, if Zach sees this post, he's not going to be happy. Oh no, my immediate thought like <laughs> after the initial excitement of oh my gosh, he's retiring. Like like yeah. the dawn of college football right. is leaving, and then I went oh no. Oh, he still talks like with such reverence about Steve Sarkeesian. I'm like, no, this is so bad. Well, okay, so how does so how does that work? Is it much different from the NFL, or can college coaches kind of like pick buyouts? Up 
buyouts. Pick up and leave. College, like if, contract like if, buyouts is, is a big reason of it. But Like, if I'm a college coach and I say, I don't want to be here anymore, Alabama's position just opened up, I want that job, like... I mean, yeah, like Oregon's Dan Lanning, the rumor is he's already interviewing for it today. Oh, wow. And there's a, there's a buyout in his contract. He can go interview, and if Alabama wants him, yeah, they'll just if, buy out his contract. What if Oregon doesn't – he's like, no, I don't want you to do that. Like, it's, it's great. His contract is a buyout. Okay, okay. I, yeah, see, it's, it's see, one when, of those like, that's I, nice. When, but, when I hear you know. buyout, I feel like I, – I think I, I think that the team also has to agree to it. Not, oh, it's God, just, no. Okay, all right. Well, <laughs> see, no, no. well that's, how, that, that's how it is in, like, in player contracts is when you buy out a player, it's usually the team is doing that, not the player is like, hey – Buy out my contract, please. Yeah, yeah. College football does nothing nicely. Gotcha. It's, it's all okay. dirty well, under no, the I table knew, tactics. I, I knew that, but I just I, I didn't realize that it was like the coach had that much control yeah. in their in where they want to go. But just I don't think you have anything to worry about with with Texas, but I don't think so either. But, but an, depending an, on who until, goes to Alabama, Texas could have a lot to worry about. They could. I mean, my thing with like this is just it it, it, it irrevocably changes college football. Right. He was right. such a fixture. I mean, I think there's maybe three or four seasons at his time in Alabama he was not in the SEC championship game. Mm-hmm. I think it was two Auburn teams, an LSU team, and maybe I'm forgetting one else because Georgia was in the other division of the SEC. And so, I mean, like just immediately right there, boom, you've got a big change. And then as well, Alabama is a great job, yes, but a lot like Texas, a lot like Ohio State, a lot like Michigan, it is also a very difficult job to succeed in. Mm-hmm. When Now, when you start succeeding – it becomes a bit easier, but not by any means an easy job. You have to deal with a lot of boosters. You have to deal with a fan base that, I mean, if you just win 10 games and you have two losses in a season, people are pissed, like right. wanting your head, wanting you to move on. There were Alabama fans in the middle of the year after Texas beat Alabama wanting Nick Saban to retire. Now, were they in the minority? Sure, absolutely. But they're a loud minority at times. And, I mean, you see that even now with Ohio State with Ryan Day. Mm-hmm. He, it, he, the only team he seemingly cannot beat is Michigan, and people <laughs> want him gone. It's, so it, it, it's, it's a, they're very difficult jobs to succeed in, and even if you nail the hire, it could be a problem. I mean, just in my own experience, with both Charlie Strong and Tom Herman being the two coaches that preceded or uh, that followed Mac Brown, both came in with very good pedigrees. I mean, Charlie Strong and Teddy Bridgewater at Louisville won 11 mm-hmm. games. I mean, they, they I think, went to the Sugar Bowl, the Orange Bowl. Incredibly good. Tom Herman with Houston what was maybe the best mid, or, you know, non-Power 5 team in college football for like a two-year run. They both get to Texas, and they can barely win six games. It's a very, very tough job to get into, and especially Alabama as well. They've had such a storied history, even before Saban, with guys like Paul Bear Bryant and stuff like that. Of just like they've won national championships, and the guy that was before Nick Saban, Mike Shula, was a disaster, and they needed someone to come in to fix the program. I I will find it fascinating if they do go to somebody that is maybe out of the box a little bit, because because you mm-hmm. brought up the former Saban assistants. Does That's Brian it. Dable decide that he doesn't Ooh. want to work with the Giants anymore because Daniel Jones is quarterbacking and decides, you know what, I'm out, this has been fun, I'm going to go to Bama, where I can recruit my own players, I'm coming into a really good situation, I'm now a known commodity within football, not just Alabama, but in football. Right. And Brian that could Dab- work. Brian Dable's relatively young, too, in terms of a coach. Relatively, yep. Where Where he could go there for, you know, five years. Maybe ten, maybe years. a decade. Yep. Yeah, ten years might be a little, might be pushing it. And again, it's just if he succeeds. But if he goes there for a short stint or even a longer stint, then waits out the NFL coaching atmosphere. Mm-hmm. You know, 
Who's to say he doesn't have an opportunity to come back to Buffalo in I just, 10 I, years? I, I, mean, think, I think it'd be very funny, though, because Nick Saban gets to Bama yeah. because he leaves the Dolphins. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and so it's not like it's something you haven't seen before. Do you know Nick Saban's win percentage off the top of your head? It's like eight seventy something. It's it, a little less than that. It's insane. Eight oh six. Yeah, it's it. Yeah. Two hundred ninety seven seventy one and one. And that's what I mean. Like, like he he made it that, now. Where like if the next guy comes in and goes nine and three next year, you're immediately <laughs> already hearing people like, nope, he's got to go. He's probably he's already go. He's probably fired by the third loss. Yeah, he's got to go. <laughs> And like that's that to me, and 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 football pro coaches, college coaches, they're all they got to screw loose. Like you right. have you have to right. to have that kind of level of commitment and to a certain extent arrogance. Mm-hmm. I would not want to follow Nick Saban. No, that's crazy. And, if you and, say and I'll, you I'll, want to, that's crazy. I'll get to Bill Belichick in a second because I I may want to follow him, but there's a reason why. With Saban, I'm following a guy that earlier this year was kind of like, you know, most people were kind of acknowledging this Alabama team was not of the Alabama greats. He still got into the college football playoff. He still won him an SEC title. Right. And really, they were one, I think, truly atrocious play call away from beating Michigan and likely beating Washington for another national championship. Mm-hmm. It's also crazy. And this is a down year. Right. Yeah. That And that's that's in a year where he's like, yeah, I, he's even he, he, you could say he's going out on top. He won the SEC. To a certain extent, yeah. He went to the college football playoff. Like, you could kind of convince me that this is him going out on top because he can read the writing on the wall. He sees what's coming next. Hey, I don't want to be a part of this. I don't want to tarnish my legacy or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. 72, 71. Same age as Pete Carroll, ironically. They're um, all around the same age. Right. And, yeah, Bill Belichick, too. Um, but it's it's so crazy, like, looking at his record. It's obnoxious. Compared to his bowl record. Oh yeah, his bowl record. He's nineteen and twelve, which nineteen bowl wins. That's mm-hmm. pretty good. But just looking at it compared to his career record, is just it's just a stark contrast. He's of like, I mean, he to me, he is the goat college football coach. Right. I don't know yeah. if we'll ever see anyone like him again as well. Because I think, and here's the big difference between him and Belichick. Belichick never evolved. Nope. Saban radically evolved, or at least was willing to. Yeah, you look at some tried. of these former assistants that are being pegged for the job. Steve Sarkeesian, considered an offensive genius. Lane Kiffin, considered an offensive genius. Brian Dable, considered an offensive genius. I mean, we got to a certain extent with Alabama of them just putting in NFL wide receivers year after year after year after year. This is from a very defensive-oriented guy who, when he initially got to Alabama, was winning games like 20-10, to 10, and that was yeah. considered a dominating win. Well, that was also how how football was. Absolutely. And that's the thing is, like, you brought up the evolution of him, and you look at Bill Belichick and you see what he did with the Patriots with Tom Brady mm-hmm. during that very similar era of right. like hey we're, we're you know winning through defense running yeah. the ball yeah you're winning you're winning by 10 don't turn the ball over right mm-hmm. yeah no no game is going over 35 points all that good stuff but now you look at how the NFL is and you're getting 70 to 20 mm-hmm. 48 to 19 like, it's all about speed you're getting scores. smaller on defense as well to right. be faster and Belichick did not evolve right. to a point where he's got you know Matt Patricia calling offensive plays <laughs> for his second year quarterback. It's such a stark difference, and this is where for me, like we were just saying with Nick Saban, I would not want to follow him in Alabama. It seems like Dan Lanning of Oregon is the favorite. Mm-hmm. Hell no, 
I'm good. <laughs> I don't want this. I, I can't mean, even beat Kalen DeBoer at Washington. I'm 0-3 against him. I want to now go against Kirby Smart, Lane Kiffin, and Steve Sarkeesian. Right. I'm solid. And i got to follow that guy. He, he had a statue in 2012 at the university. Yeah, he hadn't even, he hadn't even retired yet. Also, did you see the statue? That's 12 years ago did you, that he got a statue oh, there. Wow, that's a... He won, like, two national titles and, like, put him up. He's, he's with Bear now. Put him up. Do you ever, he won five more. Do you ever have that moment where you're like, yeah, 2014 was, like, two years ago. And then you're like, no, that was ten years ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I do that, like, daily. Yeah. Where I'm like, oh, wow, like, I graduated high school, like, two years ago. And it's like, no, it's, like, seven years mm-hmm. ago now. And it's just, I don't know, it's mind-boggling to me. But did you see the picture of his statue last night? When he announced his retirement? Yeah, they had the oatmeal... Um, oatmeal cream pie cookies from, And then, uh, oh, what was the drink? What was the Dr. drink? Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper. Because yeah. that's what he always has. Yeah. It's his, it, I think I, oatmeal uh, cream I pie actually, cookies are his favorite snacks, and then Dr. Pepper. Yep. I actually had to look that up, because I was like, what is the significance? Oh, here? yeah. I, I figured that was like his snacks and stuff, but I'm like, this is this is so random. Like, like Oh, yeah. What? <laughs> and then, I mean, but then to the opposite side with, Nick's, or with, with Bill Belichick, I wouldn't mind following him. Right. Because, yeah, I, and, I and, it's, and it's simply because... Of how the legend faded. Mm-hmm. If he had retired the Rams Super Bowl, I think that's when a lot of people kind of started the, to talk of, okay, yeah, of yeah. could he retire, goes out on this amazing defensive performance. I mean, you know, the Rams with Sean McVay and Jared Goff were scoring just a mind-boggling amount of points. Right. Goes out on top, leaves. Hell no. I am not following that guy. That's insane. But now, after a few years of, you know, now the record without Tom Brady is kind of just common knowledge. Mm-hmm. The fact that, you know, over these last few years, it's gone progressive t- progressively gone from, like, they're about a 500-football team. They're not great. They're not scoring. But, like, it's Bill Belichick. He's going to put up a good defensive performance. To now, like, even that has become kind of a joke of, like, yeah, he's going to put up a great defensive performance, and they're going to lose because they score three points. For those that don't know, Belichick's record without Brady is 84-101. and 101. Yeah, it's not good. He's below 500. It, you know that also goes back to his, his years in Cleveland as well. Which he, and and even then though he did help bring the Cleveland Browns back to prominence before ultimately their I think untimely move to Baltimore, which kind of ruined all the vibes there and kind of ruined what could have been a very special season in his final year there. He ultimately is fired. But for me now, I look at Belichick and I'm like, I could step into that job. I could do it. Of Mike Vrabel. A Jared Mayo, I think, is being brought up quite often yeah, for him like, as well. Yeah, he's like the favorite right now, I think, to replace him. But You feel like you could step into those shoes because now the legend has faded. Yeah. It no longer is like a larger-than-life you know, Greek hero kind of deal. Now it's more like, a, yeah, the game got him. It's yeah. okay. You know, and, it, you know, time beats everyone sort of deal. And you could walk into it, and you're not going to have people going like, well, you know, back in you know Bill's day. Yeah, cool. Back in Bill's day, we didn't have a GM, and we couldn't draft a wide receiver. Back in Bill's day, they had Tom Brady. It's a bit different. Yeah. Now, with Saban, it could be back in Saban's day. It's like, yeah, I know, I know, I know back in Nick's day. I get it. Because <laughs> they won, you know, 12 games every single year. Right. So, it, like, the, I mean, that's where he's kind of at in terms of that. It's just like w- with Saban, you're walking, in, you're walking in the shoes of a legend. And you're, and you're just never going to get out of, those sh- of, of that shadow. The moment you lose to Auburn, you're in hell <laughs> for 365. Right. Because, you know, he really didn't do that outside of, like, massive moments in college football. The kick six. Or they have a Greek god playing quarterback in Cam Newton who puts up one of the best Heisman seasons of all time. Very rarely did Auburn beat them with Nick Saban. You lose, like, year one or two because Hugh Freeze is there. And he did really good in the SEC. And this was his first year. They were fine. But even then, I mean, in an off year, they were 
an incredible play by Alabama away from beating them. So, you know, Nick Saban is not infallible, but you see the point. You know, Auburn is coming up, and Alabama is in a very awkward position. We, we talked about it in the show prep of guys already decommitting, and that yep. makes sense. You a were going. star wide yeah, receiver decommitted. Ryan Millen. You were going for Saban. You were going because you knew, yeah. I'm going to have a real chance here to get in the NFL. A real chance. And now it's kind of up in the air. Now, if Dan Lanning goes there, that could help. You could see what happens. But it's going to be interesting. But with the Patriots now, they're in a weird spot because, Josh, I think they are in a good spot, but they're not in the best spot. Yes, the best spot would have been them getting number one overall pick, getting Caleb Williams, and they get, like, you know, Ben Johnson as head coach. Or or even Vrabel. I really like Vrabel as a head coach, especially if you give him a quarterback. I actually would be very interested to see what he could do. But they're in the third overall pick. You have Chicago and Washington at 1-2, respectively. You know, do they go a guy like a Jaden Daniels? I mean, if you go get Jaden Daniels on LSU, this year's Heisman winner, that is a radical shift. I think I think right off the bat from how the Patriots have normally done things. Just look at how they how they were operating. Cam Newton in a Patriots uniform was just not it didn't feel right. No. And same with the Zeke signing or trick signing. Yeah, signing. It just it didn't really feel right, but it kind of felt like a, a, you know, a, you know, when they signed Cam, it was like we got to stay competitive. We are still good enough. We can still make the playoffs. They didn't, and they ultimately do with Mac Jones in his rookie year. But that was kind of like the last vestiges of that defense and stuff like that. But Mac Jones fit the Bill Belichick quarterback. You know, don't be a, cr- a crazy athlete. Just make the throws. Yeah. Right, don't right. don't go off script. Don't do anything crazy. Just, you know, do what I'm telling you to do. Mm-hmm. Including when I get Matt Patricia as, as an offense coordinator <laughs> and you go back to Alabama going, guys, what the hell am I supposed to do here? And I'm going to get mad at you. But, you know, I digress. <laughs> but, like, that, that was – that's that was the Patriots way. That's the Patriots way for our entire lives. If you go get, you know, and again, Vrabel's the favorite. Jared Mayo, I think, is probably or Mayo. I think is probably the favorite. Vrabel number two. Mm-hmm. But let's say they do go try to get get a guy like a Ben Johnson or Bobby Slowick, and they do draft a Jaden Daniels. It is a radical, radical shift from what they've normally done mm-hmm. for years, and, and can, I could see it because Robert, of how the last few years have gone. Can Robert Kraft accept that though? I absolutely think like, so. I absolutely think so. He wants to win. Who? But who comes in as GM then? That's the question. That one's interesting. I I think that you're just gonna you're gonna end up seeing a lot of names of like their assistant GMs here or, or their yeah. you know we're Ter- Terrence Gray, Bill's player mm-hmm. uh, director of player personnel has he already been, uh, got contacted by the Raiders. I think I think like four teams at this point. Oh wow! Like I mean he's he, like he's getting asked to interview across the board, and that makes sense. The mm-hmm. Bills are a winning organization. They are going to lose pieces. I mean wholesale all the time. Right, but you know you all. But that's that. a, that's the sign of a good team yep. that people want a part of, and you you see that with the Lions. Like, mm-hmm. if you would have told me five years ago that people would be like begging to interview Lions offensive coordinators and defensive coordinators, I would have laughed in your yeah, face. Yeah, he, like, he's like making demands of like, no, no, my salary starts here. Yeah, and right. Then we'll talk. Yeah, exactly. Well, like, and, and, and if you I'd have laughed like, in your face, but now you're sitting here going like, I don't know, man. Like, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It makes sense now. I but, saw I saw the video. Of uh, I think it was Jared Goff's girlfriend reacting to their first win with Goff at the Lions. Oh, when like they, I think they beat Minnesota. Oh, right, yeah, and they yeah. were like they one were like... ten or they were oh ten and one at the time. Yeah, and they got their first win, and she was like freaked out. Cause that's their first win of the season, understandably so. And two years later, they win the NFC North. They're hosting their first playoff game <laughs> in thirty years, and I was like, and it, it brought me back. I was like. Man, the Lions really have come a long way. It was a they very really quick have come a long way. And Dan Campbell's a lot to like, you know, a war. I don't know what the word would be. Like he he has to do with a lot. He has a lot to do. A lot with of credit that. should go his yes, way. Yes, that's the sorry. Thank you. Um, but the other thing with the Lions is is it was you could tell it was like that kind of an evolution too, mm-hmm. where 
I don't even remember who their last coach was, but he, like Dan Campbell came in and it was, you know what, look, like the, the league doesn't take us seriously. Let's go out there and we'll just play our game. And it's exactly what they do every single it, week. It's one of those, like, we're going to force them to take us seriously. Exactly, yeah. And, and, and the thing there, again, to speak on the evolution part of everything, is Dan Campbell was never, like, you know, this flashy coach and everything like that. But now he's... Going for it on two point two point conversions right after you take a penalty on it. It was Patricia after Dan Campbell, but he got fired midway through the season. Oh, okay. Well, then that ex- that explains uh-huh. a lot. Um, but but <laughs> Man, that's the, that's the thing with the the Lions and a lot of other teams in the NFL is they're moving forward at the right time. The Seahawks are moving forward at the right time. It, it feels like a lot of teams are getting younger, and I wonder. Josh, I really do wonder how many defensive head coaches we're going to have in the league. Right. And, and right I, and now I, and you I have... mean that in the sense of, like, you're seeing all the defensive coaches get fired. Right. You have you McDermott. Know. You have – is Dan Campbell a defensive coach? No, he's offensive. You think so? Yeah. yeah he's okay. not, he, he was an offensive oh, guy. Oh, right, right. Yep. Um, who else? Jonathan Gannon? No. Nope, Jonathan Gannon. You're right. That's yeah? a defensive okay. guy. Yep. Uh, I think that's it, right? Tomlin, Tomlin. Tomlin's yep. a, Tomlin's a defense yeah, guy. I, Harbaugh, I, you can throw in there because he's a special teams guy. I always forget Tomlin just because the Steelers just love. I, I'm I'm a big fan of Mike Tomlin. Oh, uh, Todd Bowles and Todd, Todd Bowles, Bowles oh, is a defensive yeah. guy. Uh, Eberflus is there. Matt what about uh, shouldn't, shouldn't be? But what about is. for the D'Amico Ryan's? I'm looking at him now. That's this is why oh, the right. Saints. Is he is he offensive? Dennis Allen is an offensive guy. Okay. Yes. Oh, no, no. He is a defensive guy. Dennis Allen, yes. Hmm. Okay, so maybe there's a few more than we thought. Robert Sala. Yeah. But I'm looking at a lot of these guys, though, and how much longer do they last? Dennis Allen was somebody that maybe could have been fired this year. And if they don't he have a season next year, could get fired next year. Yeah. I, I, But that's the thing. When you list off those names, like there's names, obviously, that are not anywhere, no, anywhere near getting fired. Sean McDermott, obviously. D'Amico Ryans. Mm-hmm. But Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin, then, yeah. That's it? Todd and, Bowles, and, and maybe? No, I. I we're, we're, Todd Bowles, though. But everyone yeah, else. Yeah, I, I. I guess with Bowles, he's probably safe. I, I well, guess you right. Win, you win your division. You have a home playoff game, but you beat the Eagles it, this this Monday. Yeah. I mean, I guess you're you might be safe long well, term. Well, if you beat the well, I, I guess I can't just, really I, say looking, if you beat the Eagles, that's incredible because the Eagles have not been great. I'm looking at a lot of these vacancies too. I mean, like, look, Harbaugh and Vrabel are kind of the. The names, mm-hmm. right? It's Jim Harbaugh and, and Mike Vrabel. Those are the two big names. And then it's a lot of the offensive guys. It's right. the Bobby Slowicks. It's the Ben to Johnsons. To me, though. I, personally, Josh, I don't know when we're going to see Bill Belichick get hired again. I don't I think a will. lot of these teams are going to their owners and going, we need to get young. We need to get offensive. Dan Quinn, though, might be one of the other defensive names mm-hmm. that get picked up. Because Seattle seems to be really hot on Quinn. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I was going to say, it was, it was Seattle and then it was... Um... Somebody else requested to interview him. Maybe Carolina. Maybe Carolina, yeah. Um, but you know what the funniest thing would be? Nick Saban goes to New England and Bill Belichick goes to Alabama. I'd hate everything about that. <laughs> I'd, I would despise that. Could you imagine? I think Bill Belichick would be a really bad college coach, to be he, honest he with you. Be. He and would be. We already know, and we already know Nick Saban was not a great NFL coach. No, no. That, that's why it would make it so much more funny. They were Just, great in their circles. They left those circles. It was a disaster. Yeah. Although Bill never went to college. But... I like. I'm looking though. Even at these, even at these guys like Matt Eberflus, we're all kind of surprised he's still there in he Chicago. He should not be there. And yeah, I'm kind of there. I if I'm Chicago, I'm kind of trying desperately to get Harbaugh. Yeah, he played I mean, in Chicago. Chicago has the had has literally the perfect time to clean house in terms of coaches and just restart. You have 
Mike Vrabel out there as a defensive head coach if you want to go that way. If you have Jim Harbaugh, yep. you have Jim Harbaugh out there if you want to go offensive, which you should want to go offensive. You should, I, I don't but think I, I, I just I kind of like where they're at in the sense that they were almost five hundred. Yep. Teams like Atlanta and Pittsburgh are going to desperately want Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to watch Pittsburgh this weekend just for the sheer fact I kind of want to see what Mason Ruff actually is. They should – like, if Pittsburgh doesn't win this weekend against the Bills, they should seriously look into Justin Fields. I don't know what they'd give Chicago because if you're Pittsburgh, what do you really have to give? But I just – Second-round pick and like a late – like like a you fifth, think, sixth, or seven. You think it'd be that cheap? I, would, I think so. I would think they would want a first. I think it, it, they're not going to be able to get a first because the moment you draft them, you immediately devalue them, mm-hmm. and they have to kind of earn that draft status again. Like Diggs had to earn the draft status when the Bills went and got and got him. With Fields, he's an unproven quarterback. I'd be very surprised if they were able to get a first for him. I think a second and like a fifth. Get two picks, bada-bing, bada-boom, and you, you move think, on to Caleb Williams. You don't think it would be like a player Maybe scenario? a player, too. I mean, yeah. you could do something like that. But but if you're looking like specifically Pittsburgh, it's like what players would they really give up? But but besides the point, like Chicago is in this in this position where you have all these big names being circled around in the mm-hmm. league with, you know, even the rookie head coaches. Personally, I'm looking more at those rookie head coaches, Bobby Slowick and Ben Johnson. Ben Johnson, like obviously they're they're not head coaches yet, but if they do become them, those to me are like what Brian Dable was a couple years ago. Like those guys mm-hmm. are. The hot ticket, hey, these are young offensive coaches. Yeah. They're going to come in, and they're going to make your team fun. They're going to score a lot and, of points. And, and we saw that with you know Mike McDaniel going to Miami and then Kevin O'Connell going to Minnesota. I mean, we, we've seen these guys over these past few years. I mean, Brian Dable as well, this, the exact same year. Those three were all hired in 2022. But I, I would just be – I'd be very interested to see where a lot of these teams go because I do think the NFL is moving away from defensive head coaches yeah. because you're seeing the older defensive guys retire. Mm-hmm. And you're not seeing a ton of young defensive guys be hired outside of a few big names. McDermott's one of them, of course, from from a number of years ago now. But like D'Amico Ryan's came in. But even D'Amico Ryan's kind of feels like a similar situation to when McDermott was hired. Houston was floundering. People were making fun of them, and you had to come in and just be like, "Hey, we we need to look, you know, respectable at this point." And D'Amico Ryan's has come in immediately and has made them look respectable. Where for you know about a two-year run there, they were a joke, man. So, I mean, like, I, I feel like that's kind of becoming the thing with defensive head coaches. Mm-hmm. Like, you bring in an offensive guy if you want to, like, fun, high-flying style well, yeah, and, but, and maybe a quick turnaround. Yeah. Maybe, and I'm, I'm saying that maybe. I don't really know if I even want to throw that around. But that's, Where defensive comes in, like, I want to be taken seriously. Right. And yeah. that's where I would – the name I keep thinking of with Bill Belichick, I think it would be a bad hire but it would make sense with who the owner is and where they're at in their NFL lives, is Carolina. Ooh. They want to be taken seriously. They want to be taken seriously so bad I because just, they've botched so much. David Tepper specifically has botched so many of these hires yeah. and that I could see him being like, we need Bill Belichick in here. Dave Tepper is like the new Dan Snyder, in my opinion. Yeah, like, yeah. That's, is... that's just the universe writing itself. Like You need to have one <laughs> owner where you're just shaking your head constantly going, like, why in the hell – does that city when can it be you? Jerry Jones? Can it be Jerry Jones at some point? Like, I think, I can that, it's be, always, a, can it's that always, be a it's, thing? It's going to be one of these new guys, like every time, that are yeah. just going to come in and just going to be like, oh, "No, we just we just got rid of the other guy." <laughs> like, come on. But but the thing is, with with if he would go to Carolina, like I just don't see him. I don't see him working well with a guy like Bryce Young. Like, oh, I don't either. That is, I think it'd be I think it'd be a bad hire. But yeah. I could see Tepper. Oh right, yeah. I could see Tepper working in his mind of like. 
that's how we're taken seriously. Yeah, exactly. Where, but, like, but, in reality, see, they should they should try to go get a guy like a Mike Vrabel who got the most out of those Tennessee Titans teams, mm-hmm. or you know, one of the younger guys, Ben Johnson, Bobby Slowick, yeah, to to kind of try to bring up the young quarterback, which you essentially forced your head coach to go get. Even though I think I think that was always the rumors that Frank Reich was a C.J. Stroud guy. Pretty much but everybody was a C.J. Stroud guy except for David Tepper. He was a Bryce Young guy. Yeah. And I almost have to assume that is solely because of the Heisman. But I, I, I will well, never be able to prove that, and it's not anything that I kind of want to like, write home about. But. but 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 that's the thing. Like when I still remember when David Tepper was like talking about how, like oh, like everyone's got the, you know, everyone can say what they want to say, and I'll listen to it all, but I have the ultimate decision over everything. And it's like, then why do you care what everyone else says? Yeah. Like, if you're going to be that way, then just draft who you want to draft. Like, exactly. Don't waste everyone's time. But yeah. th- th- I, I, I do not like him as an owner. He is. Oh, he's a disaster. Yeah. Quick timeout here. Taking calls 803-0550. Want to talk Steelers and Bills this Sunday? Want to talk some of the head coaching openings? How do you feel about Bill Belichick? officially being out in New England. There will be a press conference at 12 with him and Robert Kraft, the Patriots owner. Definitely going to be interested to hear what is said there and and really kind of what the tone is there. And then coming up at 11, we got Josh Reed, Channel 4, and WIVB Sports Director to join the show as well. Talk a little Steelers and Bills and a bit of a Michigan fan. As a Texas fan, kind of want to get his opinion on where he thinks Michigan goes next with Harbaugh likely out the door and guys like J.J. McCarthy also likely heading to the NFL draft. We'll do it when we come back. Zach Jones, Josh Schmidt, filling in here on the X Point Show. You're listening to WGR. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Look at the division they come from. They all run the ball pretty well. Um, they got big boys up front, great running back. And you know what they do over the last couple of weeks, they've been running the ball very well. They've been laying their, their bell cows in the backfield. So we got to come in there, go, go to Sunday with, with the right mindset going and stop and run. Bill's defensive tackle, Daquan Jones there. Bill's getting ready to take on the Pittsburgh Steelers this Sunday, 1 p.m. at Highmark Stadium. Oh, man, Josh, weather's looking to be a factor. I'm not. Stop it. No, it's fine. It's going to be fine. Listen, Captain Optimism's here to save the day. Yes, the weather's going to be bad, but hey, it's Buffalo. We love this stuff. This is great. This is great. This This is your prime playoff weekend matchup in Buffalo. Like, this is why we want home playoff games. I mean, I want home playoff games because I don't want the players to travel, and I want our fans there. Exactly. I don't. Really, I don't really care for the but weather. But now you aspect get that, and then you get the weather too. The weather just, forecast, according to my phone, mm-hmm. twenty-five is the high, eighteen is the low, forty-five percent chance of snow. Great wind all day. Okay. Great. I'm changing yeah. my mind there it a is. little bit, but hey, it's gonna look cool. It'll look cool. That's it. yeah, actually, that's and, and that's you know about what? Right. You know what? You're playing the Steelers. If you're playing the Chiefs. 
Like if this is how it is, if if, if the Bills yeah. win and the Chiefs win, and this is how it is next week, then I'm like, okay, wait a minute, this is not ideal. <laughs> we got some problems here, but you got to handle one week at a time, yep. and it's the Steelers. Like I'm not trying to be that way, but but they are not good. They are not good, and they're going to be without T.J. Watt. So it'll definitely be interesting. Let's get to your calls, though. We got Butch on the East Side. Butch, good morning. How are we doing today? Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. So I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. How are you guys? And I hope all is well with you and your families. Doing very well. Thank you. Good. That's good. That's good. I just want to just tap in on something. You, you know, you guys were talking about the coachings, uh, as far as the coaches that, that's being let go throughout the league. And it's very intriguing to me because I remember just years to years, we always wanted some top candidates to be on our staff. And I always know the teams built super teams and some people that I don't know those super coaching staffs, and a lot of these guys, you know, some of these guys are not going to get head coaching jobs. Some, some of them are not going to get head head defense or offensive coordinator positions. But at the same time, the wisdom of what who they are and how their knowledge of the game still can help a, a franchise and organization. Now, I'm not saying this rock the bubble what we have, but it doesn't hurt to maybe bring somebody in here maybe when the season's over with to add to what you already have. If Joe Brady's going to be off corner. It doesn't hurt to have somebody, another assistant or two of them. You know, they could be like they could be like the grandfathers, per se, mm-hmm. but they give wisdom. Like like Martindale, that's over with the Giants. He's a corner. He used to be the Ravens defensive coordinator. He could come on his staff and really just bring some juice to what we already have to make our, make our, our franchise more powerful in that position. So I'm just something to think about. But I, just, I appreciate you taking my call. And you know I love WGI and everybody there. You guys have an outstanding day and keep up the good work. Thanks, Butch. Have a great day, my man. And actually, on that point, I think he's spot on, and he brought up Joe Brady's name. That's what Brady was. Mm-hmm. Brady was a highly sought-after offensive coordinator after his, his few years at LSU. Goes to Carolina. Didn't go well, a lot of it due to Carolina just being a poorly run team. He had three starting quarterbacks in his final season there as offensive <laughs> coordinator. Yeah. But he was brought in as a quarterback coach. And I remember me and Joe DiBiase, who you hear on the mornings, we were ecstatic. Yeah. We were like, boom, if Dorsey works, it's Brady. Like, and, and we're just going to be a cycle. And I mean, ultimately, Dorsey didn't work, and it still wound up being Brady. So, you know. Yeah. But the the other thing is though is but it's like, like yeah it's not it's not like a roster where you have a set amount of spaces like if you can if you can get coaches to come here and just kind of be just hanging out like that's awesome I mean going back to Alabama like I did in, in the first segment Nick Saban was notorious for just like bringing on like a dude who like a disgraced head coach who got fired and he goes cool you're gonna be my offensive specialist yep. You're just going to be like essentially a paid intern at 50 years old. Yeah, and you're just going to chill and like watch what I do, and hopefully you'll resurrect your career and, and build yourself back up to where like now you'll be like the quarterback coach or the offensive coordinator, and right. then boom, go. And then yeah, and then yeah, go find a job in the NFL or something. And that could be something again where like you get a, a guy in college who's either a quarterback coach or an offensive coordinator wants to make the jump to the NFL, mm-hmm. or you know, again, a few of these names as well that will pop up. A name I'm going to be interested to see that pops up and potentially is an offensive coordinator position is a guy like a Cliff Kinsbury. Mm-hmm. Who you know? Look, at disappeared. Texas, yeah, disappeared. <laughs> maybe comes back and all of a sudden like tries to revive his career. And I think not rush the steps like he, to a certain extent, was forced because when the job is there, you got to take it. I'm not right. against that. Yeah, I, I'm more against the Arizona Cardinals rushing the steps for him. But if he maybe you know takes the jump to a college offense coordinator position or even an NFL head coach or offense coordinator position. That could be something as well. I would not be against, as much as I rag on Cliff Kinsbury when I'm on air, <laughs> if the Bills brought him in as an offensive assistant or, or QB coach or whatever, I'd be into it. Well, and the other thing, too, is is like you've seen this before. You saw it last year. Eric Bieniemy moved from the Chiefs to the Commanders. Yep. 
a lateral move. It wasn't he got you know it didn't he didn't get promoted. It's going to be interesting to see what they do now that Ron Rivera's gone. But you can see that sort of thing happening in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Whereas maybe a Bobby Slowick or a Ben Johnson wants to leave Detroit or, te- or Houston. Yep, for a, a move like that. I don't know why they would, but you never know. Interesting. Chris is on the line. Chris, welcome to the show. How are we doing? Hey, how you doing, guys? Thanks for taking my call. Great show. I love your guys' work. Um, Butch, I think Butch was spot on right there. And, I mean, my first taste of Belichick. And, by the way, I, I love GR2. Much pride. I think you guys have the Bill Belichick of the radio stations around. You guys do a great job. Love it. But my first taste of Belichick was the Super Bowl versus the Bills when he just delivered a masterclass mm-hmm. masterpiece against us and Jim Kelly. I mean, Hostetler? Come on. You know <laughs> what I mean? Brilliant. I, I, I agree. I mean, like that, I mean that, but that's where Bill Belichick kind of like made his name was as Giants defensive coordinator under Bill Parcells, who I, I still have. I, Bill Parcells was before our time. Yeah. I still have a, a quite a bit of reverence as a football historian of Parcells. There's still a part of me that thinks like maybe – I don't want to say he's the greatest of all time. But I do have He's a, up there, though. But he's up there for me, and it's partially because he took a lot of rebuilding jobs. Like, mm-hmm. people do not – I don't want to say do not remember. I, a lot of people who are older than us probably do remember. He took over a Jets team that was, like, truly a joke. Like, the rich co-tight Jets and, like, took them over and, like, within two years had them as AFC East champions. They're in the playoffs. Vinny Testaverde's their quarterback. Like, <laughs> there, there was something cool about him, and honestly – you look back at those giant teams, and, and Chris brought up Jeff Hotstetler coming mm-hmm. in for an injured Phil Sims, getting smelling salts to stay awake during the game because he, he was getting just destroyed. But it was the Bill Belichick defense. And, I mean, uh, Josh, if you ever can, and I'm now going to have a much easier time talking about Bill Belichick and Tom Brady like I did with Tom Brady when they left, listen to Bill Belichick talk about Lawrence Taylor. It is oh, yeah? fascinating See, how he talks about him of just like, no, he that man was a different breed. Like, he talks about him with such praise. Mm-hmm. And then you watch Lawrence Taylor play, and you're like, oh, I get it. Right, I yeah. get it now. But see, like like you said, like it's going to take a minute, though, for me to like be like, okay, like, yeah, maybe, maybe this guy wasn't so bad after all. because I don't like, think he's great. I still think he cheated. No, but like, yeah. I, I can talk about him a little bit better. Right. But it's also so funny that – like. As like as you said, it was before our time. But Bills fans that have you know that experienced all the Super Bowls and everything, it's so funny how Bill Belichick was there, and you would have just thought, oh, cool, a defensive coordinator. Just you know, he played it. He he coached a great game. We're never going to see him again, or like he's going to just kind of be there. And then he ends up being <laughs> yep. like the worst thing to ever happen to your team for like twenty years. Yep. Well, like, I, I I will tell you though, I, I I talked with Bulldog a lot about this yesterday. I don't hate the Patriots in the sense of a rival. I hate them because they were so good and they were in my division. Yes, and I yeah. got tired of them. And, right. and they did cheat, and I didn't like that. I didn't like Brady. I, whatever. It's not like they stopped the Bills from doing anything. Right. They weren't. They the weren't, Bills were bad. Yeah, they weren't the rivals. The Patriots could have been whatever. Brady could have left, or Brady could have just been like a solid quarterback, like mm-hmm. just not the greatest of all time. The Bills still had Trent Edwards and J.P. Lossman as their quarterbacks. They still had Dick Duran <laughs> as their head coach. Yeah. Like, they weren't going to the Super Bowl and, and Brady and, and Belichick were holding them back. That was not, like, a thing. So I have, like, a different feeling with the Patriots than I do, like, I hate the Steelers. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's not like the Steelers either, like, stop the Bills from doing anything. I don't like the fans. I don't like the team. I don't like the Steeler way. The coach. I can't stand. No, I love Tomlin. That's actually really? the only thing. I love Tomlin. See, I, I, I don't know how I feel about Tomlin. Hated Ben Roethlisberger. 
the, the bees era with Le'Veon Bell, Ben Roethlisberger, and Antonio Brown. Gross. I mean, just horribly, horribly underachieved. Can't. I, I couldn't stand them. But like, yeah, I have. I have way more hate for like Boston teams in general. New England, of course, is a part of that. Miami. But like the Steelers. I love that the Miami rivalry's back, Josh. Yeah, see, see I, that's a rivalry. Yeah, that's a rivalry. Like the, the it, it kind of is though, because for the Dolphins, y'all gotta beat us at some point. Well, right in a big game, it yeah. has to happen at some point for it to really be a rivalry. Right, because the only time you, the Dolphins have beaten the Bills in recent memory is the Heat game. Yep, and that one game at the beginning of Josh's career where he had like nobody around him. Yeah, Clay. It, it, yep. It's a drop pass yeah. by Clay, Charles Clay. Yeah, but. But even then, like Dolphins fans in the seventies could have said the same thing of like, guys, you have to beat us at some point. Like we've yeah. won twenty in a row here. I think that's where like that hatred comes in of just like both teams have had pure dominance. And then there's like a grace period in the nineties of like, okay, they've got Marino, we've got Kelly, and it's going back and forth. Yeah. Uh also another player that I find fascinating listening to Bill Belichick talk about him is the nineteen seventy six NFL MVP. Do you know who that is? I don't. Yeah. It's totally understandable. His name is Burt Jones. Bill Belichick was on the Baltimore Colts staff in the 1970s. He talks about Burt Jones like he is Tom Brady. Wow. And it is so fascinating. It is something I do find funny that like he never talked about Brady with like such praise until like he retired. But he would talk about a guy like Burt Jones, who in 1976, again, this is the 70s, 60 completion percentage, just over 3,000 yards, 24 touchdowns, 9 picks. That is his best season. That is the season he won the MVP in. And he talks about him. Like he was Joe Montana before Joe Montana. I just I find it fascinating. It is it is definitely something. If you haven't heard him talk about Burt Jones or Lawrence Taylor, I absolutely I, recommend you do it. I also love his interactions with uh, Chad o- Ochocinco. Yes, like yeah, for no like, reason. He they're just so like jokey with each other. Like I, I don't I don't know what it is, but they just make fun of each other and laugh at each other. It's, yeah, it's it's great. I love it. Let's go back to the phones. We've got Brett on the line. Brett, what's going on, my man? Hey, guys. Um, so I just wanted to, you know, touch on your point that you said about Saban, you know, and I'm a Florida fan, right, and I hated going up against Alabama in that championship game. But totally get it. You guys were right when, when you said that Saban brought in all these disgraced head coaches and made them an offensive assistant and everything. And I was just thinking that, you know, Sean could do the same thing. You know, Pete Carroll yesterday got fired. Yeah, he's 72 years old and everything like that. Why not bring in somebody like that who has so much experience throughout the league and – you know, has been to Super Bowls and everything to help and you know help with the offense, help Josh you know continue to resurrect or you know continue excuse me not resurrect but continue to grow his career and everything like that. And maybe you know Pete Carroll can eventually go and be a, a, a GM somewhere. And you know I feel like Sean really could do that with some of these guys, like you just said, Cliff Kingsbury, another one, a young offensive mind. Um, you know, you could get somebody off of Dable's staff who is a no-name, you know, who maybe somebody who was at Alabama, um, you know, somebody like that. I mean, there's plenty of guys throughout Bill Belichick's career, you know, who have mm-hmm. gone on to Alabama, LSU, all these, you know, big schools or, you know, other NFL careers. Um, but I feel like Sean could do that same thing, kind of like Andy Reid did with him. Yeah, absolutely. Brett, thanks for the call. I think my only thing, like, you brought up Pete Carroll as an example. Carroll likely is going to be staying in Seattle and just moving to the front office. He's also is 72. I think at this point is kind of him transitioning to a different part of his career. The reason why I brought up a, a guy like a Cliff Kinsbury is because he is still young. There is still, I, I don't want to sound, make it sound like, you know, Pete Carroll's on death's door, but like there's still a coaching career ahead. 
Right. You know? No. I but- think I think Carol's more looking at like, okay, cool. I've been here for 15 years. I've been on the West Coast for much of my life. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to end it here. Like, you know, I love Seattle. I brought him a Super Bowl. I'm going to be in the front office, kind of helping the transition. Yeah. And we'll go from there. Where, you know, Cliff Kinsbury, I, again, that's just the name I brought up because I was talking to, you know, head coaches that were fired that maybe had a little bit of, of gravitas to them. As somebody that could be brought in, they are the quarterback coach, they are the OC, they're the wide receiver coach, whatever it is. Do or, th- or even on the defensive side, they're, you know, I. A guy I am really interested in, man, for the Bills, and I would be scared to lose him, is Bobby Babich. Yeah. Who goes from the safeties coach, is now the linebackers coach. I would be terrified to lose him because of what he has done there. But, like, I I think they're going to lose him eventually as an outright D.C., unless they make him a defensive coordinator. And I I, I want to watch his career with, with, with interest because he has been amazing with Buffalo since being here. He's been amazing. Do you think something like that – do you think that promotion happens this year? Do you think he... I don't know. I, well, Eric Washington's kind of been like the guy that's put forward as yeah. the defense. He's not. I mean, he's the defensive line coach and the assistant head coach, but he's kind of been propped up as sort of like the DC for this year, or like mm-hmm. kind of like the assistant to McDermott. So I, 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 it seems like no. It does seem like Eric Washington is that guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know for sure. It totally could be just like a hey, they need someone you know to go talk on you know Tuesdays and Wednesdays. I, I you know, <laughs> I have no idea. Well, but it, it, it would be interesting. I, I think, though, like just judging by the way how this offseason has gone so far, and again, it's very early on, but like you don't see too many teams like talking about, oh, we need this, we need this defensive coordinator, we need like whoever. So maybe somebody like that is safe. Maybe maybe things on the defensive side of the ball this offseason are safe because everyone that's been being talked about so far is head coaches that have been fired or offensive coordinators. Yeah. So yeah. and that and that typically makes sense. Do got to hit a quick timeout here. Derek, Chris, stay on the line. We'll get to you after a short timeout. This is the X Point Show, and you listen to WGR. Zach Jones, Josh Smith filling in here on the Extra Point Show. Got a quick segment before we get over to Josh Reed of Channel 4, WIBB's sports director. Talk a little bit about this Sunday. Weather might be a factor, but the Bills are still a 10-point favorite. Should be a very, very exciting wild Should card be more, weekend. I mean, it shouldn't, should it, should it, it, should This team has not really done well covering the spread. Just want, I just want to throw that out there. Oh, you're right, you're right. Let's go to Derek in South Carolina. Derek's probably got so much better weather than us. Derek, hey, how, how are we doing this doing, morning? Man? Thank you so much for taking my call. Thanks for calling in, man. How are you doing? Oh, man, I'm doing great. Love love listening to y'all take over the extra point, man. It's, it's great. Uh, I just wanted to say I, I hope our run defense is, uh, you know, I, I just hope it's up to par, man, because I, I know – a couple of years ago, the Steelers got us. I mean, they, they ran the ball on us. I mean, you know, and I loaded last week was 104 yards in the first half. But we we can't we can't afford that, you know, this weekend. I'm just hoping that our run defense is, you know, where it needs to be because you, you, you can't let the Steelers, you know, go up 14 or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Derek, thanks for the call. I, I, I agree with you, Derek, but – to be honest, as someone that drafted Najee Harris a couple years ago very highly in a, in a fantasy football league, I'm not scared of him at all. Well, like, well it's, it's not necessarily just him, but I will well, say no, the last but, few weeks, they have been using him. I mean, now that Canada is no longer the OC, mm-hmm. they're using him and Jalen Warren much better as, as a tandem. Yeah. My big fear there is just it's it's more the idea of the weather gets bad, it's windy, it's snowing, mm-hmm. and both teams kind of have to run the ball. Well, I like what the Bills can do in their run defense. I, again, Daquan Jones getting much healthier as, as the weeks go by. Ed Oliver's been playing great this year. Greg Rousseau is one of the best run edge defenders Bernard. in the league. You know, you got TB back there. I just, for me, 
when I finally kind of transitioned my thoughts on the Bills' run defense, or, or really just as a team in general, is probably the Dallas game of just they could be a tough team that punches you in the mouth and just keeps going. Where with Miami, I didn't love what Devon Achan was able to do to them. Achan is a is a radically different running back though than anything the Steelers have. He is a speed guy where if you slightly mess up, he's gone. He will kill you. Now we did see somebody uh, somebody I saw posted on Twitter yesterday. There was a screenshot of that Devon Achan run for the t- for the touchdown, mm-hmm. and I don't remember which Bills player it was. I think it was Taron Johnson was being held aggressively. Yeah, and it, it was a missed call. And to be fair, so, in the second half, they did much better across the board on the run game. Much better. So I, I don't, also, I don't want to harp on the first half. They yeah. did much better in the second half. Also, Najee Harris didn't practice yesterday with a knee injury, so could be interesting. It's, it, it's, it could be very interesting. Especially, my point was is that it's just like you said, like they're very different back than what the Bills have seen most of this year. Whereas these guys are, you know, it's the just beat your way up through the line. Get like six yards and then do it again and get a first down. Yeah, and 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 while that works, I don't think it's going to work against the Bills' defensive line like they have, especially the way the Bills' defense has been playing mm-hmm. these last few weeks. Right. Again, Allen was great in the second half last week, but through this this win streak they've had to end the season, it's not like he's gone supernova. This has been very much a complimentary team playing complimentary football. I know it's been that's been the phrase this year. But they have been doing it kind of across the board. They've been doing a really good job of just winning games, getting it done. Could I? Would I be surprised if they won this game by seven and they don't cover again? No. Nope. I also it's... wouldn't be surprised if they just win this game by like four. Like if it's 24-20 and you're like, a bit close, guys. It's just, yeah. for me with the playoffs, just survive in advance. You're probably going to get a tough matchup due to the weather and the team you're playing, but I still feel pretty good about where this team is sitting at. But we will get a better look at the Bills and the Steelers matchup. Coming up next, Josh Reed of Channel 4, WIVB Sports Director, joins the show after a quick timeout. Zach Jones, Josh Schmidt, hanging out with you here on the Extra Point Show, and you're listening to WGR. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.